Welcome to the Emerging Temple broadcast for October 15, 2019. I am Michael Obeyer. I will be your guide for the rest of this broadcast. At Emerging Temple, we seek to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind. Which plan is to bring some into governance with him in a government that shall be established in the not too distant future. Before I go any further, I would like to encourage you to like our page, to share it with your friends, and if there is a bell icon or a notification at the bottom of your screen, I'd encourage you to click on that so that way you can get notified anytime we upload new videos. Also, you can go to patreon.com where you can look for our handle, Emerging Temple, and that gives you an opportunity to support this work where we can get this message out to the rest of the world. But I cannot overemphasize how important it is for you to share these videos with your friends across different platforms so that men and women whom God has ordained to hear this message and prepare themselves to be in his government will be able to hear the clarion call and prepare themselves. All right. Um, today we want to continue on the subject we began yesterday because um, we got a few comments from some of you and um, you wanted us to go, you wanted us to go deeper and further, but in the limited time we have in these broadcasts, we're not able to go as deep as some of you would like us to go. And so I felt, you know, because of the kind of, you know, um, demand there was for more knowledge on this particular subject, we were talking about the master race that is to come and the master race that has always existed on earth and how it's distinct from what human beings have all this time referred to as the master race. And we, we define the master race as a people set apart by God and who typify Jesus Christ in every aspect of his nature and primar primarily their willingness to be subservient to the will of God by nature and to want to help others to there are people who want to help others, who want to build others up. They're not interested. They're not seeking fame and glory for themselves. They want through their lives for God to receive glory. They're not doing it of works. They're not doing it out of their own power, but there's a desire inside of them. We also said that they have the innate desire for the things of God and are able to understand the mystery of the kingdom of God when it is spoken. And that whether you're a Christian, whether you're of another religion, or maybe you're not even in any religion, that if you're able to understand what we are speaking about Christ and about these people, that you certainly are one of them. And if you're unable to understand it, maybe you're not at this time. But if you are able to understand, then you certainly are one of them. And there was a caveat I would like to put in today that I didn't mention yesterday. Uh, the fact that you are one of those that Jesus has elected to be among his chosen, is not a guarantee that you are going to make it. You have to want to make it, and you have to make certain that you're not deceived and distracted like a certain Judas Iscariot once was. Okay, um, yesterday we touched on a few scriptures. We talked on Daniel. Um, I think we looked into uh, Corinthians, I believe. Um, but primarily, I think we, we, we stayed on Daniel. And uh, we, uh, on Genesis, actually, we also looked at Genesis a lot. We talked about Joseph and his dream about 
his star being the star everybody, you know, everybody else's star bowed down to, etc. Today, we're going to look at some scriptures. We're going to look at what Jesus had to say about um, this. And we're also going to see what um, the scriptures tell us in the revelation about the end time and how you'll be able to distinguish these people. Okay, so let's begin, you know, by looking at, um, let's look at the book of Luke. Let's look at the book of Luke. So in the book of Luke, um, we're reading um, chapter 19 uh, about, you know, Jesus is um, talking to his people. So verse 11 says, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God, that's the government of God, should immediately appear. In other words, his disciples were expecting that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to establish the new government that he had promised he will establish. That's the government we're expecting, okay? So these guys understood what I'm talking to you about, all right? Verse 12, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Verse 14, but his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Now, let me explain to you what this parable is about. So Jesus is saying, look, I'm not going to establish the kingdom just yet. I'm going to go away. But when I go away, I'm going to give you guys gifts. Uh, some of you, I'm going to give the gift of oratory. Some of you, I'm going to give the gift of miracles. Some of you, I'm going to give the gift of knowledge. Some of you, I'm going to give different kinds of gifts. Okay? Now, you're going to have to do something with it before I get back. And when I come back, certain things are going to take place. And we're going to read that. Okay? All right, so in verse 16, then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained 10 pounds. So this guy had done something with the gift God had given him. Verse 17, and his master said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over 10 cities. Notice. Jesus is apportioning rulership of the earth to his people, okay? Have authority over 10 cities, okay? And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound had gained five pounds. And he said, likewise to him, be thou also ruler over five cities. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid in the napkin. Here's the gift you gave me. Man, I just put it aside. For I feared thee, because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up thou that layest not, that layest not down, and reapest thou that didst not sow. Say, look, I was afraid of you, 
I didn't want to do the wrong thing. I didn't want people to criticize me. I didn't want to be out there and people begin to see me on TV and all that. And then, you know, I've done the wrong thing. And, you know, so what I did was, you know, I just played everything safe. You know, I wasn't controversial, you know. And so anyway, here's the pound you gave me. You know, I didn't lose it. Here you go. Okay, so let's find out what Jesus said. Verse 22. And he said unto him, out of thine own mouth will I judge you, you wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Why then, wherefore then, gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required my own with usury? Why didn't you support those who were actually in the front line getting the work done? So at least I would have gotten some interest on my money, okay? No, you, did, you were very unprofitable. There was no profit to me investing in you, okay? I died for, on the cross for you. I gave you the Holy Ghost. I made the ways for you. I gave you opportunities. I gave you peace. But I got nothing in return, okay? That's what's going on here, okay? Verse 24, and he said unto them that stood by, take from him the pound and give it to him that had 10 pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath 10 pounds. You know, look, this guy already has 10 pounds. <laughs> he doesn't need more. Don't you think you should give it to the guy, you know, who maybe has less than 10 pounds? Verse 25. He said, for I say unto you that unto everyone which hath shall be given. And from him that hath not, even that which he had shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies which would not that I should reign over them, bring here, bring hither, and slay them before me. Now, what is this talking about? For he said, some of us did not allow him to reign over us. So you're seeing there's a correlation here between Jesus ruling over my life and me doing his will. You see that? So he's saying, what does it mean to reign? It means to allow his nature. What is it you know about Jesus? Was he greedy for money? Was he like, you know, spending his whole time planning for his, quote, retirement? Was he busy trying to, you know, build big mansions? Was he busy chasing political office to become some um, county executive or some governor or something? Or was he spending his time looking for people who needed help and doing good and preaching the kingdom of God to them? That's what he means by you didn't let him reign over you. It means you didn't let him use you to do those things he loves to do, even after he had died on the cross for you, okay? So I just want to lay this as a background scenario to something we're going to go deeper into right now, okay? All right. So we're going we're gonna to look right now at the book of Revelation. We're going to look at the 14th chapter. And we're also going to look at the Revelation, the 15th chapter. Remember I said to you yesterday, I said that the master race, the, 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 um, the um, people of God, that are the elect, those that are chosen from him, are a distinct people. They are different from all the normal Christians. The Christians are beautiful. We are beautiful. We're, we're saved by God. We're washed by the blood, and we're on our way to heaven. Okay, and we have peace with God for eternity. It's, that's where you want to be. I said, but there's something deeper. There's something more. There's a reason God didn't just take you to heaven the day you became a Christian. There's something here for you to be. There's something here for you to accomplish. There's something here for God to accomplish through you. 
And you're going to see the difference, the, 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 the separation between the two groups. Okay, you're going to see them in, in uh, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 14. We're going to look at Revelation chapter 15. We're going to see the two different groups. So look at the guys in chapter 14 first. Then we're going to look at the guys in chapter 15. We're going to see the difference between them. And they're both groups of Christians. All right, let's go. Okay, and we're looking at uh, Revelation chapter 14 from verse 1. And this is the apostle John. He's in the spirit and he's seen a group of people. Okay, he says, And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. 144 is just the number 12 multiplied by the number 12. Okay, 12 is God's number for divine government. That's why there are 12 tribes. That's why there are 12 apostles. That's why there's 12 months. And that's 12 is God's number for the divine government. Okay? But here is a hyper divine government. Okay? 12 times 12. Okay? So don't take this as a literal number. It's not just 144,000 people. It's just telling you that this is the divine government of Jesus Christ. Okay? these people and they're standing with him on mount zion okay they're in a they're in a position of authority they're they're in the they're in what the spiritual white house they're they're right at the top okay verse two it says and i heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder and i heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps and they always remember that word they and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. I want to say that again because that's going to matter when we read chapter 15. It says, and they sung as it were, verse 3, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 140 and 4,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So no one could learn that song except them. Okay? All right. By the way, the four beasts is referring to there is the soul of man, okay? The, the humanity, okay? All right. So uh, just, that's just an aside. Some other day we'll go into that if needed. All right, let's look at let's look at chapter 15. Let's see the contrast. Okay, these guys we just saw, there's a definite number, and they sing a song John couldn't know. John couldn't understand the song. He said only those guys could learn that song. Okay, so now let's look at these guys that are coming up in chapter 15. All right, we're looking at Revelation chapter 15. All right. And John, in Revelation chapter 15, verse 1, he says, and I saw another sign, okay? Notice it's another sign. He said, I noticed another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels, having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. Coming to the end now, right? Verse 2 says, and I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image and over his mark 
and over the number of his name stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Okay, now notice it says a sea of glass. I want, you to, I want you to understand something. Glass is made from sand. And what did God make man from? The dust of the earth, sand. So these are people who've been refined by fire and every impurity in them has been taken out by God and you can literally see through them. They're holy. Okay, so when you see a sea of glass there, don't start imagining, you know, crystals in the sky and all of that. It's talking here about people. Okay, all right, just, that's just an aside. So let's not get too sidetracked, okay? Because we're going to verse three and notice what it says in verse three. And he says, and they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, great and marvelous are thy works. What's the difference between this crew and the other crew? Well, notice something, this crew is holy as well. They're great, they've been refined by God but they sang the song that John was able to understand. It was the song of salvation from Egypt. It was the song of being born again. But this group wasn't singing the song that is to come, okay? Which I can't sing today. None of us can sing that song today, all right? We can hear it, but can we actually sing it? Well, the time will come when some of us will be able to sing that song with him in that government that is to come, all right? And that's what Emerging Temple has been trying to get across to us. While we're taking things that are going on around us and trying to have you look at them from a spiritual perspective, not because we just want to be interested in, you know, quote, worldly things, but to act as something that can help many of us, you know, um, analogize with, you know, find an, um, something that's analogous to what God is doing, okay? Just trying to help us. That's why we try to, take these things that are going on around us and try to use them as an indicator of something spiritual, okay, or something else that's spiritual, okay? So we can see here, you can see right here, there is a government coming, there is, there is a, something deeper, okay? And for those of you who are not even in Christ yet, oh my God, man, are you missing out, all right? Okay, so let's look now at, and before we do that, let me, let me talk a little bit. You see the things I'm talking about, these things I'm talking about, they're not like, quote, some deep, whatever. They're not, you know, things that, you know, you're going to contest, you know. This is the word of God. This is the meaning. This, all, all the people, everybody in the whole world, everything, there's everybody that's going and searching after money, searching after wealth, searching after power. You know what they're actually looking for? They're looking for these things I'm showing you. Okay, we have what everybody's looking for. The thing is, they don't really know what they're looking for. Even the very religious people, the whatever, somebody looking, look, you see a guy out there in the street corner shooting up drugs because he wants to get out of this life. He wants to get into the world of imagination, just wants to get out of this world. You know what he's looking for? He's actually looking for what we have. Okay, when you see people, okay, clamoring, for positions of authority and power, and they'll lie and they'll scratch and they'll bite. They want something better. They don't really know what it is they're looking for. They're looking for what we have. And that's why I want to encourage you, share these videos, because when they hear this word, they'll never heard it anywhere else before, okay? They'll come alive. Jesus said the time has come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and they'll come out of the graves, okay? 
There are people today, they're watching TV, trying to get, see if they can get some life from this preaching that's coming from the TV, and they're getting no life. Some of them are going from church to church. They're seeking life, and they can't find any. But once they hear this message, they just know they found something, okay? They just know. You, they're, they're not, look, rehab, they don't need rehab. This word comes to them, they're broke. The, the chains are broken, and they go for it. They're going to, some of them are going to go 10 times deeper than whatever you think I might have gotten to, okay? They're just waiting to hear. And for those of you who are hearing this message and not sharing it, okay? Hey, remember what we just read about the guy who gave back the Lord his one pound. Well, you don't want to be that guy, okay? Share this message. Get it out there. Okay, let's go on. Let's go on to the book of the Revelation again. But this time we're going to take a look at um, Revelation chapter 20, okay? Revelation chapter 20. All right. Okay, Revelation chapter 20. This is John looking at the end of times and the government of God has now been established in earth, on earth. He says, and I saw thrones, plural, and they, remember they, and they sat upon them not one throne, multiple thrones. And judgment was given to him. No, 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 no. And judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus Christ. Now that's both figurative and literal, okay? That were wit for witness of Jesus and for the word of God. That means you lost a lot for the sake of this gospel. You lost a lot for the sake of this word, okay? You, listen, oh, what's a lot? You know what a lot means to you, okay? You lost family, you lost friends, you lost position, you lost a job, you lost money, you lost your life, you lost a limb, you lost your reputation. Whatever it is, you were decapitated for the sake of the word of God. That's what he's referring to here. Not just that you got your head chopped off, okay? And which had not worshipped the beast, okay? You didn't get tied up into this system. Neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 5. So reading, we just read Revelation 20, verse 4. Now reading verse 5. It said, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, notice it says, These people came from a resurrection. They were resurrected. This includes people that had already died and those who were still alive. Because the resurrection is not just coming from the dead. The resurrection is a quickening of the whole of nature. It's going to happen, friends. Someday, that Sahara Desert you see is gonna be a blooming paradise, okay? Okay, all these tornadoes and all these horrible things that happen, it's not gonna be anymore, okay? Things are gonna be different. That's the resurrection, all of creation, is going to change because the sons of God would have been manifest on this earth. Okay. All right. So it, let's continue. Okay. Verse six, it said, blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. I'm not going to go right now into the theology or the eschatology of these things. I'm just trying to keep it simple for you that here is a group of people, okay? They are actually giving judgment over the earth. 
Do you remember those guys who were given 10 cities to rule, five cities to rule? Well, that's them. That's what you're looking at right here. The same thing, okay? Now, let's go on. We're gonna go all the way down and see another group, okay? All right, so if we scroll down, verse 11 says, and I saw a great white throne and him, notice not them, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books, plural, were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. Poor guys. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Okay? Now, verse 15 says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Notice that death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. All right? So hell isn't the lake of fire. Okay? Because it says death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And anyone whose name was not found written in the other book. Now, what is book? It says the books were opened and another book was opened. Book simply represents individual lives. The book of life represents the life of Christ. And so we are all going to be judged, okay? Those of us who didn't make it to be among the elect who were doing the judging earlier on, because they're not here being judged, okay? They're not being judged. They're doing judging someplace else. Over here is the rest of us being judged. Those of us who chose to believe in Jesus and those of us who chose not to believe in Jesus, okay? And those of us who chose to be in, believe in Jesus, even though our life was checked out and saw that, well, look, man, Mike was really up to par. But anyway, I see your name in the book of life. So, okay, so you, you get to go, you get to go, okay? But what about you? What are you going to tell God? You're going to tell God how good you were, how nice you were, how kind you were, how, how, how much you gave to um, the Red Cross, how much you gave to this. Listen, you can't earn anything from God by being good. God is perfect. And there's nobody that's possibly going to be perfect. And if you can't be perfect, you can't be with God. That's just the way he rolls. Okay? You just can't move with God and hang out with God with a little sin. It doesn't happen. There's only one man that has been perfect. Perfect. And that man has lived here with us, experienced our hardship, and taken the brunt of our wickedness and our pain and said, you know what, guys? It's okay. I know. I understand what you all are going through. And goes to God. And God said to him, man, I need to get at these guys. And he says, Father, no, forgive them. These guys don't know what they're doing. Okay? They're in a lot of trouble. Okay? Please. There's some of my guys right there. You know, they're doing their best. They're counting on me. And I really, really want, you know, I really want to bring them to where I'm at. And God says, okay. 
And that's what's going on. Okay. God says, okay. Okay. Because of Jesus. Okay. I'm going to let these ones in. I'm going to put away their sins. I'm going to forget everything they've done because you know what? He's paid the price for them. These guys don't owe anything to the spirit realm. They don't owe anything anymore. They're free. They owe something to Jesus. But you know what? In heaven, they don't have any debits. Okay? They're, 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 not, they're not in the red. Now, you and I have been granted the opportunity to participate in this beautiful experience of peace with God. By doing what? By simply acknowledging that our good just isn't good enough for a perfect God. It, it's, it's, it's ludicrous to be saying, I'm going to go to God and God will judge me and see how people have been wicked to me, okay? And I wasn't as wicked to others. You know what? It doesn't work like that. We're dealing here. Why would you take such a risk? I mean, the, the, the word of, about Christ is so logical. It's illogical to believe that you want to leave this world and go before your maker and start to explain to your maker how good you were or how you were not as bad as the other guy. It's ridiculous. Come on. Why would you take a risk like that? I have said this once before and I'll say it again. Right now, if you open your mouth where you are and speak to God and say simply, sir, I am sorry. I haven't been all I ought to be. I know that Christ came and died for me and that without him, I really have no hope. No one has shown me anything. No religion has accused him of doing anything wrong. Nobody. There's something about Christ. And I have this witness in myself that he died for me. He gave his life for me like he said he would. And I believe it. And I will say to everybody that I see that Christ Jesus died for my sin. And I believe it in my heart and I will say with my mouth wherever I go, oh God, please, even if I do wrong again, forgive me, not because I deserve it, but because of what Christ went through for me. And you know what, friends? God has said, whoever will call upon the name of Jesus will be saved. That's a blank check. That's free. What are you waiting for? It's free. It's free. It's free. You don't, listen, you don't have to go to some church to do it. You can do it right where you are right now. Just pray in your own words. Okay, not my exact words. In your own words right now. And I promise you, over the next few days, you will know for certain that everything has changed and nothing is the same. And then you can begin your journey. And once you begin your journey, where are you trying to get to? You're trying to find yourself among the elect, among the 144,000 that we saw in Revelation chapter 14 on that mountain. Okay? Hey, look, it's okay to be among the guys in Revelation chapter 15. Okay? That's where I'm at. And I promise you, it's cool right here. Okay? But I want to go up there. I want to be up there with those guys. Okay? That's where we're going. Listen, you're going to make mistakes. Okay? The idea is never to look back. Okay? Remember Lot's wife. Don't look back. Thank you.